Hello and welcome to the Categorically Romance podcast. I'm Aaron. And I'm Bree. And returning to join us again, we have author Tanya Agler. We're so excited to have you join us on the podcast again. Thank you so much for having me and I'm so excited to be here. Thank you. Yeah. So how has 2022 been? Much better. I I am very happy to report um, Linus the Beagle has settled into his home and he's been doing his our we've been doing our little sniffer size and where we you know take our walks and he sniffs everything and and everything is going really well thanks for asking how's 2023 treating y'all well it's 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 been okay actually so uh, with (laughs) with taking into account the last two years yeah i can't believe it's almost (laughs) over honestly yeah no i I knocked on wood yeah yes well, are you ready to get into some holiday icebreakers? Yes, I love the holidays. Out of these three your favorite holiday comfort movies, you can only watch one for the rest of your life. Which do you choose? Christmas in Connecticut, The Shop Around the Corner, It's a Wonderful Life, Miracle on 34th Street, or Die Hard? I think I'm going to surprise everybody, and I think I'll go into my explanation first, um, because I love Jimmy Stewart but I can watch You Can't Take It With You and Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. So I'm throwing out the Jimmy Stewart movies. And I love Barbara Stanwyck, but I can watch The Lady Eve and Ball of Fire, which are my two of my favorites. So I'm actually going to keep Die Hard. (laughs) I know anyone who knows me knows I love, love, love classic movies. And I love Miracle on 34th Street. And I, um, all those are some of my favorite absolute favorite movies but there's something about i've only seen die hard twice and so i think i would take that simply because i was thinking about it and alec rickman is the ultimate christmas party crasher but bruce willis is the christmas wedding crasher crasher and i don't think i could find that anywhere else indeed indeed Well, you want to pitch a three-book holiday-themed series based off of one of your holiday comfort movie watches to your heartwarming editor. Uh, the caveat is that you it can't be your previous answer. Which movie do you base the series off of? Which is good because I don't think Die Hard probably. <laughs> <laughs> Although The Cop and, you know, Reconciliation, Second Chance, that would go really well. But I would have to go with Christmas in Connecticut because I think Barbara Stanwyck was so ahead of her time in all of the roles that she played were such strong heroines and the fact that she played this journalist who was intelligent and articulate and funny and so Christmas in Connecticut and and plus I love my supporting characters and Felix who is the the chef who comes to her rescue and is is one of her best friends uh just the whole supporting character cast that also would give me a lot of of room to work with some really strong, you know, side plots and subplots. And then you have this, uh, a little bit of a small town too, when they have the sleigh rides. So I would have to go with Christmas in Connecticut for that one. I was hoping you would say that I watched it for the first time last holiday season. And I didn't, it, it's hilarious. I am going to say one awful thing. Please don't, I, 
I, I love Diane Cannon so much. So I hope that not that she's going to. So if Diane Cannon ever hears that I said this, but please don't watch the remake of Christmas in Connecticut. Please watch the original with Barbara yeah, the, yeah. And I was really surprised when my husband told me that was his favorite holiday movie because I thought it would be, you know, Die Hard or I don't know if Alien has any uh, Christmas <laughs> whatsoever in it, but I expected it be something else but so we always watch christmas in connecticut i love that movie well besides your comfort watches what is something that excites you about the holiday season i love lights holiday you know exterior illumination and every year um there's a local um light display that it's only it's it's very reasonably priced but um what i love about it is they do Ness, we call it Nessie. There's a Loch Ness monster in the middle of a lake, and they have, and then they on the other side of the lake they have swans. So it looks like the Loch Ness monster is about to rise up, and I, I, I think I'm making it where no one would ever want to go see this, but it's really cute. Where it. the Loch Ness monster that we call Nessie is always, you know, searching fondly at the, looking very fondly at those swans. But it, it is so much fun to go. Uh, walk around. They used to have these uh, yeah, trailers with the little animatronic, very like 60s and 70s figures where it would be one of one of the trailers would be Santa with the list and another would be a, a beaver with a fishing pole uh, with penguins in the background and but um, they have all sorts of lights there. They have um, they have a little Max from Grinch, but they also have they have nutcrackers and they have um, candles and it, it's just a, a fun light display. So we always we've now made a whole evening of it where we go and get milkshakes and then <laughs> go and and go have fun at uh, driving through the light display after we get milkshakes. Well, congratulations on book three in your Smoky Mountain first responders series. Um, so we have the firefighters Christmas promise. Can you share with our listeners an elevator pitch for the book? Um, it's basically what happens when a most unfortunate incident uh, brings about a more most fortunate reunion at Christmas time. Basically it's a second chance romance where two uh, people who were once engaged and fell apart um, get a second chance at the holidays. Well, we got a couple of questions from our friend Sarah Loves Mills and Boone. She loves the combination of a soccer player mom heroine with a firefighter hero. Usually the male character is the sports player. What inspired this for Becky's character? Oh, golly. Um, I have to go way back. And um, I love talking about Bex because she was a total surprise. I'm a plotter. So when I write, I usually have everything plotted out in advance. And so way back when, when I started writing what became the Sheriff's Second Chance, which is the very first time you see Beck Harrison, um, in the, it was originally called the road to Hollydale and, um, Bex was not actually part of the original plot. I needed to get Mike's mom out of Hollydale. And so I thought the best way would be to have a, um, a, an extra sibling in the mix, because that seems to be the best reason that a mom would leave her son in the lurch. And, um, and so my daughter, 
had been playing soccer not too long before that. And um, my daughter uh, did not love soccer. Uh, She was sort of, she'd be the one skipping on the sidelines when the other so there would be four people on her team and five people on the other team. And and she just really uh, never quite got into it. But that whole experience made me really appreciate the with the drills and and the um, uh, other the, the teams. I just really uh, my love for the game really blossomed. And so I just really wanted to bring that aspect into Bex's character when she came out of nowhere and I was writing the Sheriff's Second Chance. Yeah. Well, Sarah's second question, will we see more books in Hollydale or any crossovers within the new series? As of now, no. Um, Violet Ridge is the new series and it's set in Colorado, but that gave me a wonderful, wonderful idea because there's one character that I always did want to write a book about her um officer julian edwards is still in hollydale but her mom was in very bad health so that made me wonder that i i'm hoping maybe now i can pitch a book that julian edwards can go to colorado and start a, a new life while still maintaining some contacts with hollydale that would be fun well, what inspired your new series debuting in 2023, uh, Rodeo Stars of Violet Ridge? And can you tell us anything about it? It was It's so much fun to write. Um, for the past couple years, I've been um, watching YouTube videos about roundups and ranches and farm life. And uh, this past summer, uh, my family, we went to Colorado for our family vacation. So it was, um, I had gone to Colorado in 2018 for a writing conference, which is actually where I met my editor, the wonderful Catherine Lai. And um, she was the one who uh, called my agent to tell her that Harlequin wanted to um, buy the share of Second Chance. So all of that with Colorado um, has really sparked my interest in in the Rocky Mountain region and then um my dad and my grandmother are both were both huge fans of westerns my dad but uh took me to see Unforgiven in the movie theater with Clint Eastwood and um also Pale Rider with Clint Eastwood and um my grandmother would always talk about growing up that was she would always want to go see uh, a western she was a huge there was a silent movie star called tom nix and she was a huge tom nix fan and um so being around my grandma and my dad um there was usually a a western on my dad was a real big fan of the searchers um a john ford western with uh john wayne and natalie wood and um so all of this came this whole past all sort of all came together. And, and since um, cowboys are now a, a really big part of the line, um, just when I when I researched everything, that was so it was so much fun that I didn't even know all the stuff about cattle. And I'd read about cow brushes. So in, in my new book, there is a scene with a cow with the cow cattle rubbing their um, rub. Uh, 
they have like these toilet brushes that help clean them and, and um, keep them, help them so that they don't itch as much. And it was just really, really fun to um, do all of the research. And so I hope it doesn't sound in the book like it's an info dump because um, that's how the series came about. But then this is a, the first book is totally a, a fish out of water, which I've, I've always loved that movie and TV concept. Um, there are so many wonderful TV shows and, and, and movies that I grew up with that were the, where you had somebody all of a sudden going to something so unfamiliar to them. And so the heroine of Caught by the Cowgirl is Kelsey Crothers, and she's this Southern belle who's all of a sudden finds herself in a work-related um, situation where she goes, uh, where she makes contact with Mr. Sullivan that she thinks is Will, but it turns out his uncle who thinks that everything is really, really big. And so in the first, Uncle Barry is always looking for the next big thing, fool's gold, dinosaur bones, you name it. He's just after the the something that will turn the ranch around. And, and Kelsey thinks that Barry, Uncle Barry is the owner, but then she finds out that Will's the owner. And it's it's a little bit of a fish out of water story, but it was so much fun to write. That sounds so fun. In your dear reader for the book, you mentioned meeting our heroine Bex in Sheriff Second Chance and how you began uncovering the layers of her life. Uh, what about Bex inspired the choice to give her a book of her own? Well, um, there are sort of, when you write, there are times when you fall in love with a family. <laughs> and, and the Harrisons, uh, when I wrote them with the, the Sheriff Second Chance, I really, really, really enjoyed the Harrison family. Um, Diane is the, the Harrison matriarch, and she's she plays some pivotal roles in um, the in Mike Harrison's book, as well as Natalie. Natalie and Beck are twin siblings, so I wanted to bring the Har- Harrison sibling trilogy full circle. But when I first wrote the Sheriff's Second Chance, Beck was happily married out in California, and and it's sort of hard to write a heartwarming when they're happily married. Um, so I, I broke up Bex and Jack and um, so right, and, and it actually helped out because with the soul, um, uh, the three siblings are in three different books. They're in um, the first book, The Sheriff's Second Chance and Natalie Bex's twin sister is the heroine in The Soldier's Unexpected Family and that's when Bex, everything sort of starts falling apart for Bex and this is when she finally, she thinks she's starting to get her life back under control at, and, and Christmas is upon us. And, and, you know, that's a wonderful time of renewal and hope and, and the, the, the dawning of a new year. And of course, that's the time to yank everything away if you're a heartwarming heroine at the beginning of a book. So it, it was just really fun to be able to uh, revisit the Harrison family and and Mike and and Natalie. Yeah. Well, you you mentioned that that she's gone through a divorce. Can you talk about writing a heroine who is rebuilding her life? I, I think everybody has that moment. Well, many people, not every, uh, have a moment when they realize that change needs to happen and um that that moment of uh, what do i need to do uh for back the the moment 
came upon her when she found out that her husband was not the man she thought he was. But um, I think many, I've, you know, been in situations where I, you know, starting over with, with a new profession and uh, writing. And, and um, I think many women face that in at some point in their lives, not necessarily with relationships, but it could be with careers or friendships or moving from one state or country to another. And I I think that at some point, many people have to rebuild somehow. And I think that's um, a theme is of of is resilience and perseverance when you find that you do want to go in a different direction. Well, the book is Bex and Carlos's second shot at love. So how did the idea of a second chance romance for Bex come to you? Oh, um, with a lot of help from my editor. Um, <laughs> we love editors here. Yes. Um, I think uh, it was Bex is very a little like Georgie in that she's independent but she's also very soft in the middle and I wanted somebody in her past who already knew that about her I think with all the stuff that I had thrown at Bex not knowing in that for uh in the so when I first wrote the sheriff's second chance I didn't at that that was I hadn't even been published or received the call yet so I um in that in my very first in the first time you see Bex she's just suffered a miscarriage and so Pippa is actually a rainbow baby and so that's why Diane flies out to California is to be with Bex at that time so I think Bex and Carl I thought it was very important for somebody to already have known Bex and know that um, her interior was very soft and loving and that she was a, a kind and caring person and just needed to um, get in touch with that side of herself again. And, and Carlos was, uh, it was so fun to, to meet him. Um, I had been, uh, the matchmaking mimosas are my uh, supporting character ensemble that run throughout the, these three books. And I loved when I started thinking about the matchmaking mimosas, I wanted each of the heroes to have some connection to one of the mimosas. And so in uh, the first Smoky Mountain Responders, Jonathan Maxwell is the nephew of one of the mimosas and then in the second book the uh, hero is the grandson of a different mimosa and then in this book carlos's mom is one of the mimosas so that was sort of how carlos also became involved in this in the series was through his mom and because of of knowing that i had him originally as a firefighter away and then he moves back for, for um a little bit before the, the start of this book and those characters are great listeners like if you read these these this trilogy of books you could read it just for the mimosas <laughs> i i really love hyacinth and uh i hope that i don't want to spoil anything but hyacinth makes an appearance in in um 
firefighters because I just could not resist making sure that she also had a happy ending. (laughs) Communication is a big deal in this book. Bex and Carlos have to learn to communicate with each other. Why was it important for you to highlight this in the book? I think there's an uh, old rule in, in, I'm not a, I I hate to say rules in writing because there really aren't rules. Um, But one thing that I've been told often is that there the conflict shouldn't be something that a conversation can solve. But at the same time, I think there are um, are some characters and that really need to learn the importance of talking to each other. And when I started looking at why Bex and Carlos broke up in the first place, um, the problem was that Bex thought um, that Carlos no longer wanted her in his life, and that's why he broke up. But he was insecure and, and didn't talk to her. And co- so communication right there uh, was sort of the integral root of why they broke up. And um, I think until they overcame that and were really uh, able to listen to each other and grow with each other, that um, that was why communication was such a barrier to them. But I wanted to make sure that it wasn't something a conversation could solve, but that it was true communication with each yeah. other. Yeah. Well, what advice would you give to someone who may be listening and trying to write a holiday romance of their own? I think I, I gave a workshop this past weekend um, for a local writing organization. And one thing that I emphasize is that I really think it's important for a writer to know their writing process because no two writers have the same writing process. And so there are some writers out there who, uh, to take a term from method acting, who are sort of method writers. So if you are a method writer, I would say surround yourself with some of the feels and smells of the season because it's not always possible to write a Christmas book in the month of de- uh, in the month of December. Um, I wrote this one in August. Um, so and and I'm I just turned in a, a Christmas book also. So I was writing that one from <laughs> in August too. So if you're a method writer, um, I would say to it's okay to listen to Christmas carols in uh, August. <laughs> crank it oh, up, you know. I had Carol of the Bells cranked <laughs> up in my car in August. You know, I'm I'm at a red light doing dun 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 dun, and you know, going. I don't even want to know what people are gonna say. You know, if they hear me cranking out Carol of the Bells, um, she gets in the spirit kind of early. <laughs> yeah, um, but. Uh, so some people, some writers are method actors. So if you need to have that, you know, depending on whether you're a pine tree candle or sugar cookie candle or cinnamon or what your favorite scent of the season, um, if that's part of your writing process, go go for it any time of the year. Um, and then for somebody who is a plotter like me, don't don't look at it, don't look at the physical calendar and go, hmm, it's June, maybe I should wait until later in the year. Um, you know, go ahead and, and uh, if you're plotting a, a holiday story, write it then don't wait for, you know, so you know, just because you're you flip your calendar to December doesn't mean that you have to wait until December to write a, cal- a holiday romance. So I would say the 
first thing I would say to a writer is to to know your know your process enough to know where what you need to surround if you if you need to surround yourself with the feel of the season to get more into the joy and the you know so that um, the joy of the season can come out in the pages um, and then after that I would uh, know your characters too uh why is christmas and the holiday season integral to your story um there has to be some reason um for the holidays to be featured in your book don't just i mean setting and is more than just a location um the setting of your book um influences everything about your character so the time of the year how how is that going to resonate with the characters? How will that influence their actions? Um, if it's a contemporary, you know, how are they going to respond? If And if they live in a place where there's traffic, how will that impact them? Or if they're more in a rural area, um, like in the Christmas book I just wrote, um, Hero grew up in a place where he had never seen the nutcracker before so he didn't know when they when he sees ice sculptures she has to explain the significance of the nutcracker to him so i would also encourage a, a writer to think of setting as more than just the location but how it impacts the the time and the sensory details and the richness of the season and then if, if you're writing a historical um for instance my my family just finished watching um a, a special called the victorian farm christmas and it was it was fascinating to know how far in advance they had to start planning the christmas season so if you're writing a historical you can actually even maybe extend the holiday season out and start your book a little earlier um than the couple weeks before Christmas. So I, I think that that's all all things that a writer can consider. Well, thank you for that very in-depth answer there. <laughs> Sorry, I no, love talking no. about writing. And <laughs> I, just, I get carried away. Like I said, I just gave a whole presentation on on um, writing and, and setting was uh, the L was location, location, location. So I, I love, love, love to talk about writing. So. No, it's so no. cool to hear like the different approaches. Like if you're this type of writer, if you're this type of writer, because I don't think you would normally hear, well, okay, if you're say you're writing a holiday romance, but your writing preference is this, you're going to have a different approach than a different type of writer, you know? So that, yeah, I love that. I also think it depends on what voice you write with too. I mean, if you are if you write a sexier romance, have a beach Christmas, you know, Christmas uh, holiday story, you know, set, set it at the beach, you know, break out the, you know, break out everything at the beach, break out the bikini or, or one, you know, one piece, break out, you know, what, what makes, what makes uh, the holiday special at a beach. So I think the great thing is if you're a writer and you're, and you know, your voice, you also might want to bring something different to the holiday season depending on what your voice is and once again i get carried away about about writing but I, I love talking about writing and all the different types of holiday romances there are so it's fun well is there anything you're working on right now that you can tell us about i just turned in a, a holiday book um so 
uh, earlier this year, I finished the edits for Cut by the Cowgirl. And I, like I said, that one was just so much fun to, I mean, I, I was really surprised. I think I had been in a, a little bit of a rut and um, having a, a new town and a new state and, and new characters. It, it was fun. And I, 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 I always, even though I'm a plot, like I, I, I am a plotter, but I always find new characters even once I start writing and um I found there are the um three gents that are in caught by the cowgirl that came as a complete surprise when I started writing and they were tons of fun to write so um I've been editing that one and then I just turned in the first the the manuscript for found out the title official title for my November 23 release I'll share it with y'all it's uh snowbound with the rodeo star Oh, wow. Snowbound, love it. <laughs> and so um, it, it's fun because North Carolina, yeah, there is snow in the Smoky Mountains and in North Carolina, but there's snow in the Rocky Mountains and in Colorado. So that was yeah, lots of fun. I mean, I had, I was listening to so many Christmas carols. Like I said, that was the one where I was rocking out to Carol of the Bells in, in traffic. Um, so that, and, and now I just turned that in. And I am working on the third one in that. And it is also, I hope it's fun too, because I'm having um, so much fun exploring a dynamic of, of um, these two opposite. And uh, I'm really excited. I, I have to turn in the first three chapters this week. So I'm, I'm just hoping that it's a go for these three chapters because I'm having so much fun with the characters right now. Well, we love this for you and we can't wait. <laughs> we can't wait to read the books. So you've interviewed my critique partner at twice. So we have I'm, I'm thrilled. <laughs> <laughs> okay, who's yeah. your critique partner? Remind me yeah, who can't leave us hanging. Yeah. Uh my um Janine Angler, she writes oh, that's for right. That is um, right. She is yeah. Awesome. She has, I'm going to plug Janine for a minute because she is such an, she is one of my favorite writers. Um, uh, We both joined a writing organization. Uh, Mine will be 10 years ago next month. Hers is 10 years ago, two months from now. And uh, we finaled in our, the Maggie's together at the same time. And she is just an awesome writer and so fun to to know and she writes historicals and her next book is coming out next month yeah i have to give a little plug for your critique partners yes we have to get y'all on here together (gasps) we should yeah we we joke because um we have such she's a teacher so and i have twin seventh graders and so she gets the summer off and that's when she like writes, writes, writes. And I try to make sure that I'm, if at all possible, I'm editing during the summer because I can edit with kids coming in and out, but it's harder to write with kids Mm. coming in and out. We have to figure out some way to make it work. We have to get you all on here together at some point. (laughs) Yeah. I, I just, she's, she, is has such a great way of of establishing mood and tone in a book that I just adore. She um we've you know we've had her on twice now and mm-hmm. she, she knows that I'm I'm working towards becoming a teacher and she's just so supportive. She's just so great. So yeah, we have to get you two here together. Okay. <laughs> okay. 
<laughs> well, lastly, where can everyone keep up with you online? Um, I'm on Facebook at Tanya Agler Author. I do today. I did my movie Monday. Um, I always I I, I don't I, I should schedule ahead of time, but I'm I I like to be. I like to present myself as me. So everything that I do on social media is, is me. Um, so I'm on Facebook at Tanya Agler author and I'm on Instagram at Tanya Agler author. <laughs> and then I'm also on BookBub at Tanya Agler author and, um, uh, Goodreads. I think I'm just Tanya Agler at <laughs> Goodreads. I, I am, I'm inconsistent right now on TikTok, but I hope to um, be getting a little, it, it, I think with me, it's just the deadlines um, and, and whether or not there are kids at home. Um, I, I try to make sure that the kids aren't in um, ever seen or anything like that. Um, but uh, Facebook is usually the best place. Oh, and then anyone who wants to sign up for my newsletter, I send out a a monthly newsletter um, where I usually update uh, with author news and uh, my newsletter subscribers usually get my cover re- reveal first, but they also always get a, a monthly recipe and, and sometimes a different picture of Linus the Beagle. So um, newsletter or Facebook are usually the two places. And on, on Facebook, I also try to do two cute Tuesday to spread love of animals. I, I, I love animals. I, I love sharing things about like Fritz and Fiona at the Cincinnati zoo or different aquariums. Like I found there's one otter had a birthday yesterday. So I think that will be what I share. So. Okay. Selfishly, I just have to say before we get off here, I need a Linus the Beagle bookmark. Okay. <laughs> If he didn't need it first. <laughs> I'm just saying, we need some Tanya Agler merch. And I feel like Linus the Beagle bookmarks would be perfect. Okay. For all That's these books now coming out, I need Linus with, within the pages. <laughs> He he loves his he uh when he when he came and found his forever home with us he we had gotten a bean bag this blue bean bag like right before and he claimed it as his own he is a um, and we we even looked the vet said Linus is quite a character so we were all on Google saying okay and so if there are any vets out there if that is code for something that we don't know about <laughs> if if your vet says your dog is quite the character um we'd love to know if that's actually code for <laughs> something um we're really afraid we couldn't find anything on google but um yeah so we've been told by the vet that linus is quite a character